Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And if last season ended in dramatic fashion, then this year has picked up right where we left off as the Blues have drawn with the Tigers. First draw on the pod. Um, not sure if that's a good Facts. thing or a bad thing, but look, it's something different, Lockie, to kick things off. And speaking of different, if you're on YouTube currently, you may notice something different with my man, Lockie, there. <laughs> Looking a little bit... Like a young Dennis Armfield, if I'm being <laughs> honest with Dash. I mean, have a, just have a look at this resemblance you've got over here with that mustache. He's trying to copy me, but it's all good. Lockie, <laughs> let's get to talk about the footy. You were Thanks, there at mate. the game. Uh, run me through, I guess, your feelings that when that final siren <laughs> sounded. What we, I mean, I unfortunately wasn't there, but yes. the draw. What was what was it like at the ground? It's interesting. I mean, this might be where we already start to differ on how we we're feeling about this game. And I can also apologize in advance no, for my go. voice for th- <laughs> for this episode because it's been a and bit all of the a weekend. I went and watched Collingwood win on Friday night and that must have just, I don't know, done something yeah. to my body and I've been a wreck ever since. So anyway, back to the game. I the, the first thing that I felt, and this might be an unpopular opinion, it's not even an opinion, it's my feeling. I was relieved. Whoa, really? Okay, run me through I, that. I need to hear. I, you, I need. I need you to elaborate on that, sir. This is just this mentality that I feel like I have as a Carlton supporter over this past whatever time frame you want to put on it. But yeah. with the two heartbreaking losses that we had last season, I just could not bear us to lose this game. And I mean, this is the next worst thing to a loss, and yeah, to a lot of fans. It felt like a loss. Um, but to me, taking in everything in how we played in this game, I was like, mm. wow, how did we not lose this? Because we, we didn't deserve to win. No, look, I can't necessarily argue with how you're feeling because it's how you're feeling. Um, I can only Keep say thoughts, what I was like, I guess. I don't know. It was a weird one. It was There was a flat feeling... At this, like just because of, I guess, the nature of the last few minutes. But I don't know, weirdly, yep. I wasn't as, I, I, it felt, I wasn't super emotional, I suppose. Like, I, it wasn't as if I was super yeah. angry, super frustrated, super sad. There was no real heavy emotion. And I don't know if last year has destroyed that. I saw um, Timmy Dub on Twitter say and echo similar thoughts of just, I don't know, there just wasn't that everything's completely destroyed. This is awful. Like I'm absolutely dejected. It was just kind of a weird, like, Oh, okay. It's a draw. I'm not happy, but yeah, it it, it was a a weird, a weird feeling. I can't imagine what it was like at the ground. I've never, I've never been to a draw, so I don't know how that feels. And and I guess we should probably start off at a question that kind of answers what we're tiptoeing around a little bit. And it is a fan question here from Damo SC. Um, from the Jock Reynolds podcast. So make sure you, you get onto that and have a listen if you need any help on your supers. Um, because the, he asked, the game ended as a draw, but there's always a winner in a draw, a team who probably shouldn't have won anyway. So I guess who won, who lost in this draw for you, Lockie? <laughs> uh, it, it is a great question. I didn't know that you were going to be asking this, but I, I definitely think that we won the draw because... Oh, there was just so many. We're going to get into everything from the game, but I just felt like it was crazy that we were in a position to win this game with how we played. Um, Mm. Richmond weren't great either, but it was just, uh, to me, it was like, wow, I can't believe we were even 
mm. in this game. Yeah. Oh, this, oh, this, call me out if it is. I feel very fence sitting with this, but this is my genuine opinion. Because okay. Richmond missed, and but they dominated the game, missed so many opportunities, but yes. then they didn't capitalize. We yep. weren't good, kicked whatever goals we did, we're in a good position, but then we also botched it at the end and I guess lost the lead, the last team to do it. Mm. But again, should we have been in the game? I actually think that this may be one of the only draws that kind of should have been a draw, if you really think about it. Like no yep. team probably deserved to win that either way. And then both teams kind of deserve to lose it. It, it weirdly is almost uh-huh. the perfect result for how the game played. And so I probably would go tend to go more towards a loss just because of being that last team we were in a winning position but mm. it just felt like raw made sense and maybe that's why i wasn't as angry or disappointed after the game i guess emotionally because it just felt yep. like oh yeah it feels like that's what made sense but i guess let's talk about the key mm-hmm. component of this game it was our last frantic few minutes i think it was about nine minutes or so that we were trying to hold on to a seven point lead and then with a few minutes to go Mitch McGovern marks it in the opposing goal square, plays on, kicks it to Jesse Motlop. He hands it out to a running Lockie O'Brien who dashes, takes multiple bounces on that wing, kicks it long to Harry. Obviously, it doesn't go our way. They go down. Tom Lynch kicks a goal, ties up with 20 seconds to go. I guess, Lockie, how did you think that we managed the game late? Because it's once again, Mm. our last two games that we've played, Last three now, basically. We've had the lead. And then we've gone to on to not win that game. What did you make of, of those last few minutes from, I guess, a management point of view? Yeah. It's it's very hard to compare across the games because obviously it's all so circumstantial and the sheer number of variables that go into these things mm. is just ob- an obvious call out. Um, it's really hard for me to say what was right or wrong though like i think mm. people always want to jump and say well he should have done this yeah how did he not see this all, all of those kind of things bloody ed sheeran whatever you want to <laughs> um that's that that's a good thing to blame yeah. i think that 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 stands um i'm not sure i think i don't think we showed improvement in mm. like I, I don't think that this two minutes of management was you would say far and away better than it was in the previous two but having said that all the variables are involved it's just too hard to really make that call so mm-hmm. how's that for a fence hitting answer for you that my, my bigger part before i let you delve into it because i know you will is i'm trying to get away from focusing on things like this where it's like yes this was two minutes out of 120 yeah um where it's like you could we could talk about 150 kind of like what the hell moments in this mm. game. Um, I, I definitely don't want to be the one piling on O'Brien or Motlop yes. or whoever you, you want to go with it for. Um, Cause Tom Lynch mm. could have hit the post and we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. It's just a fact. I, I kind of agree with you in a sense where it's hard to compare all the games cause they all kind of happen differently. And I don't want to harp on heaps about last season, but I think you kind of have to, the Melbourne yeah, game was very, it was back and forth throughout the kind of like the whole game. And then it was like one poor kick led to them getting the ball down, getting an opportunity and getting it. I didn't necessarily feel like we completely stuffed up that game. It was like an individual error. 
that kind of led to that one. The Collingwood game definitely was like a capitulation if you look at just the run on goal. And I'm happy that at least in this game, mm-hmm. Richmond never really got that run on particularly late. We held on for like seven minutes there. Just man- somehow they didn't kick the goals. They've had some chances, but it didn't feel necessarily like they were the floodgates were opening and we just completely lost our call because weirdly, I don't think we really had our call throughout that game. It was always kind of played on Richmond's terms and those last few minutes, and this is kind of probably my question to you, because I still don't know where I really sit on this. The Lockie O'Brien's a bad and all of that. I have no issue with what Lockie O'Brien did. Him getting the ball and running where he was, his only option was to run forward. He did not have the option to stop, go back, go anywhere else. For totally. me, it was like, he has to go. I wasn't at the ground. I had multiple people that were there talk about Harry just being in meters and meters of space, running mm. from the wing across that sort of center half forward area. And then it was only when Lockie just kept running that he started to move to that pocket. And then he was surrounded. And you can yeah. make the argument, should he have kicked it earlier? Should he not? My opinion is he hit him. He was three on one and he hit Harry. You don't know whether when he tries to kick it to him the other time that Harry doesn't slip. And even though Harry slipped, I'm sorry, you got two hands to it. You should be marking it. Lockie O'Brien somehow managed to pick you out with three defenders around you, the most perfect kick possible. Yeah. And it doesn't go our way. My only question around the management was maybe towards a Jesse Motlop, who when he takes that mark from the gov kick, even though he sees Lockie O'Brien running, does he, should he have just taken that second? And then, because Martin was also running, I believe, wide as well. Or I can't remember, Moe Holland. Someone else was running wide on that wing. Should he have just gone, okay, take the two seconds, you run out wide, and then just kick and take that 30 seconds. That's my query around the game management. I'd love to get in Voss's head, Mm. be be in that locker room to know what Vossi would have liked us to do in that scenario. Because we had all off-season yeah. to learn how to manage the last two minutes. And I'm not sure the last... The, the thing, the game plan would have been, if we get a fast break, let's just go and score and finish the game. I feel like it would have been play the percentages. But then also, like, and this is the thing, the debate I'm having in my head is, when you have that on to ice the game, you've got Harry streaming, you've got it all working. Do you just go for it and back yourself in? Like, those are the two things I'm thinking about where do you mm. kind of sit in the debate between should we have gone the fast break or slowed things down? Well, I think the fact that you're having this debate in your head is is the right way to look at this. Because mm. I think if you're looking at this objectively one way or another, you're not taking everything into account. So yeah. I, I, I'm exactly with you. Like, oh, I, I'm not even sure where to go with this because I, I can't get into Lockyer Ryan's head. I can't know whether he saw Harry in the middle of the ground or if he didn't see him. Oh, well, if you run up the wing, then you should be looking across the ground. Mate, he, like, he's been on the ground for 15 minutes this entire game. He's finally got a bit of space. Mm. Um, if this was the second quarter, we wouldn't be judging his decision. We'd be like, oh, look, good on Lockie for you know having a crack and, and he hit the kick, etc. Yeah. It's only the fact that it's with a minute 30 to go that we mm. care and are upset about it. And that's just why I just don't feel passionately about this. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's enough in just that little part there for us to say whether it's right or wrong. The Jesse Motlop thing, as you described it then, you gave me a flashback to the miracle on grass. Obviously the greatest <laughs> passage oh. of AFL ever. Where I don't even, don't even know who the Geelong Ruckman was at the time, but he gets the ball on the wing. 
mm. and, and Geelong are up. And he does that handball. And, and Hutto's like, what? Oh, he's played on. Why has he done that? And the observer is like, why the hell would you play yeah. on them? But you had a player streaming forward. Mm. And and so if, you know, if they took a mark in the goal square then, then he, he looked like a hero. Yeah. So that that's and mm. that's the same like it would have been in our game. And I think you raise a good point because um, I was having a bit of a discussion on Twitter about it with a couple of people, and I didn't really necessarily sit anywhere. I was just kind of asking questions and getting people's yeah. thoughts. And it raised a good point. It's like the, the match is tight. There's minutes, seconds to go. It's a territory game. Like you've just got to get that ball streaming forward and get that in your half so you can kind of defend it. So I don't blame it for that sense where it was like, well, this is our best opportunity to move it, to get it onto the wing, to get it into that forward pocket, get it close to even if Harry maybe doesn't mark it, he can work it out of bounds. Obviously that doesn't happen. We didn't get the numbers there. Maybe that goes to another issue of why was Harry then the only one that was able to stream forward at that sense. I know he was definitely our deepest player, but how come Richmond were able to get literally every single other person? It seemed like, and I wasn't at the ground, but on the camera, it looked like, oh, there's like 20 Richmond players. Where the hell yeah. was every single Carlton player on that ground? And maybe that would have helped us. But I don't know. I think, yeah, dissecting the last minute and putting blame on everything in this game, you're going to do it when it's a draw and when it's this close. And maybe there's a missed opportunity of like, did we learn anything from last season? We had the whole year to deal with this situational stuff. And I guess it's going to keep creeping up until we hold on and, and have a really good close victory where it feels mature. But like, I, I don't know. It's, there was so much else that went wrong in this game that I think almost all the questions and all my issues with this game are at everything else rather than just the last two minutes. And maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but there's a lot of us. Yeah. I guess that went wrong in this, in this game. Yeah. And maybe this isn't a popular opinion too, but uh, it's, it's just frustrating when like, the result seems to justify everything that happens before it. Yeah. Like if, if Mackay took the mark and kicked the goal, would we have seen one person being like, Carlton haven't learned a thing. We haven't learned a thing. It's like, no, like that's why it's frustrating to me. It's hard. I said that I'm not passionate about this, but now I've realized that I am in the other direction than others seem to be. It's just like, can we can we watch the game together, like do a stream and pick up every single point of where it's like, what ha, have we not learned? Yeah. It's been a hundred times it this is... game. I'm like, hey, we haven't improved, have we? Mm. No, I, I, I think you nailed it. And before we get into all of those, probably one question I have off the back of the last two minutes anyway, because someone raised yeah. it. Can't remember what other Carlton podcast it was. Had a bit of a listen. And I heard this question raised and I just thought I had to echo it, which is... In those last two minutes, is there any, and we may have even mentioned this on the podcast before, but is there anyone on this team right now that you are trusting that you are like, I want last two minutes ball in this guy's hand to make the right decision and then execute in these high pressure moments? Because yeah, I guess my short answer is I don't think I have one, which is maybe sad. Like, What are your kind of thoughts on that? I would have said Sadi five days ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I probably don't have a great answer to that. Like, obviously there is guys, but yeah. Is that a worry? <laughs> is that a big issue? That we just don't have a lot of players that while we there's a lot of really good players, everyone mm. feels like they're prone 
to a mistake. Whereas I don't know, and I don't. Maybe this isn't is like this with every team, with every supporter base, because you overanalyze the mm. players to no end. Where you can trust someone to an extent, but there's still that thing in you that goes, "Oh, I've seen them stuff it up." So can I truly trust them? But I don't know. Yeah. I'm just not sure we have those super calm heads yet. I suppose. I think I think the calm heads are there. Just I feel like this lack of confidence, like this rut that we're in right now, is shielding it. Like yeah. I, I I do believe that guys like Doc and Hewitt and Walshy and Sard and Weeders, like I would trust them with the ball in their hand. But this little five game, six game, whatever it is, stress that we're in right now mm. is just hiding. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's hiding. We're just not we just don't have confidence at mm. the moment. Yeah. No, no, I tend to agree. And gee, it, it's feeling depressing, but we'll go a bit negative before we go a bit positive and then definitely diving into all the negatives again. A bit of a bad sandwich. You don't want this one, but I've come <laughs> away from this what game. Kind of sandwich is that? It's not good. Uh, I've come across this game and ended up being pretty negative out of it. I guess overall, Lockie. What are you taking away from this game? You're obviously not happy that we drew. I just, I'd love to know and kind of sit here. First hit out, try not to draw too many conclusions from just one game of football, but from what you've seen in preseason, from what you've seen now, how are you feeling moving to, like, I guess, forward into the rest of the year? Yeah, I I think you kind of summarized it well in your question. I'm definitely not trying to jump to any conclusions too soon. But yeah. there is, I'm definitely not feeling more positive now than I was mm. a week ago. Um, with, with the small sample size that we have, it was like, there, for me, there wasn't really clear improvement in any area mm. and rather yeah. regression in a bunch. Um, and I, I saw a few people talking about this over the weekend as well. Like, uh, you know, when footy's back, I love watching as much footy as I can. I think I watched eight of the nine games. Mm. And <laughs> you just see some of the strategies and tactics that other teams are using and the way that they're, you know, exiting their defensive 50 and locking the ball in their front half. And it's like, oh, I I can't it's, see us playing like that. It's, it's literally the Simpsons. Why doesn't mine look like that? When Homer's building the bloody barbecue. Yeah. Like it's, it feels like that watching Legit. Carlton in this game and then looking at some of the other teams. And yeah, I... I've been wrestling with the two thoughts of that the pessimist wants to really rear its head and tell me all the things that I was worried about and go, they're all there. They're still there. Be negative. And the other part's trying to be like, don't read too much into it. It's just one game. Then the negative comes back in and just goes, time doesn't necessarily mean it's going to all be sunshine and rainbows. Like just because the season's longer doesn't mean these issues are going to sort themselves out. Gives you a chance to. And so I'm weirdly a lot more pessimistic than I think I used to be. And bluntly, as I sit right now, raw reactions from round one, and maybe this is over the top. Feel free to let me know if it is, but I need to see a lot more before I'm convinced we're actually a top eight side right here, right now. Because yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's, as I said, there's so many elements that going into this season I was concerned about. They all reared their head in that Sydney practice match and made me start to think like oh oh no and then i reckon every single thing i was worried about showed again here and yeah i'm worried a bit about the game plan um yeah the, the whole thing that i think you've nailed it here by simply saying like we you go into round one 
and you want to see improvement and you want to see yeah. it in players. You want to see it in game plan. You want to see little bits that you can go, oh, we spent summer doing something. I can't yeah. pinpoint what the hell we spent the whole offseason doing unless what we were doing was trying to be a worse football team from what I saw in isolation. And that's, it's hurting me at the moment, I suppose. Yeah. And I think uh, kind of like to my comment before about the result, like dictating what we yes. talk about. I think if we had one, at least for me, I would still be feeling mm. a similar way. Yes. And I, 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 can't, I can't say that about all of our like losses that we've covered on the podcast where it's like, or, or, or even wins where it's like we won. And I'm like, oh, everything's fine, even though it wasn't. This yeah. was like, even if we did get over the line, I would have had that same kind of feeling of like, okay, cool. We didn't lose, mm. but like it, there's, it just does not. When I look at these names on paper, I'm like, yes, top four. Yeah. Mm. And then it goes out on the park, and I'm like, why doesn't it? Why is it not gelling? Mm. No, no, I agree. And look, let's let's get some positivity into this. Let's talk about what went right before we delve into it into way more specifics. Lockie, ultimately, like you said, we just we we didn't play well, and we just took we took the two points home. It's better than nothing if you want to be the optimist. But what else from you can you kind of take out as a positive? From that game, was there anything that did go right? Well, I'll, I'll backhanded compliment the first one because boy, did they go inside fifty a lot. Yes, and I thought we did a fantastic job of not allowing them to kick goals from all of those inside fifties. Mm. Shout out to Lewis Young specifically, oh, Weeders as well. A... You mm. know, it was just I, I think really impressive because that's the main reason why I'm like. How do we not lose this by more? Because my God, they were just bombarding our defense and we hung up really well to keep them to 58 points. Mm. See, this one, again, I've been like going two different ways on it because to a degree, yes, I think the defense held up quite well. Obviously, Lewis Young was unbelievable. He was marking everything, using the ball well, gave Jack Rewalt an absolute bath and it was great to see. When we've we've had discussions in this offseason I know myself, I've been questioning, is Lewis Young our definite number two defender? That fills me with a bit more confidence off the one performance going, okay, that was really good. I think he can build on that and continue his progression. We've seen the best he has to offer at times. If he can be that more consistently, wow, we've got a player here. And that's very exciting. I thought Gov showed some good things, but then also some bad things. And then, yeah, Weeders, for a guy that had, what, three goals kicked on him, I thought that's probably the best performance you can have. Did a lot right. In the end, <laughs> you've got a gun forward yeah. like Tom Lynch. He's going to have to kick a few. But I don't know, weirdly, to, oh, I hate it because I'm going back to the negative, but it, no. we kept him to a, a bad, like real. a small score. So you can say, yeah, oh, wow, defense held up well. But also, they missed, they missed so many easy opportunities and it could have easily yeah. been a bloody 10 goal defeat. And we're sitting here being like, man, the defense was not great, but sure. I agree with the amount of inside. Point. They did a lot more. And that were probably the only kind of shining light where they held up reasonably compared to, yeah. much to every other line, I suppose. No, I, I, that's actually a really valid point that mm. it's good rebuttal to it. Hmm. And, and probably the only other thing, maybe it's a bit of a positive. I was a lot more, down on this game until I watched the replay back. And I did think that we, Uh 
at times did well slowing the game down, trying to take the pace and the sting away from Richmond. And girl, mm. in that first quarter, there were some really good passages of us working the ground, the short chipping kicks. Thought we did that okay at times. Um, and, and maybe yeah. that's something we can kind of build on and, and keep trying to be better at. Um, obviously, there's just some other negative sides of that. But yeah, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of <laughs> positives, which is the difficult part in this draw. So I guess let's get into it, Lockie. Let's talk right. about the negatives. What for you didn't go right in that game? What's our plan on kickouts? Is it kick it, not even not play on and get the extra 15 meters and just kick it long to the left-hand side? Uh, I need to say every team, but I guess that potentially we're the worst kick outside because it seems like every other team can at a bare minimum, 80% mm. of the time, get it to the wing. Like just yeah. as a stalemate on yeah. the wing. And the only way that we can do that is by Harry taking a contested mark, which is just so low percentage. Yeah. No, it's it's bizarre, to be honest. I don't have many words to even describe it because if for whatever reason this non-plan that we have of and that annoys me, Doherty, run 15. You can literally run Sad. out of the square and gain yourself the meters, meters. McGovern, Saad, you can all do it. And then we just kick long. And if that had worked every time, then yeah, boys, keep it up. But it's like definition yeah. of insanity is just trying the same thing yeah. and expecting a different result. If it hasn't worked the first 70 times, boys, don't do it. Like if I, if I see that one more time without us trying anything else, I think I'm actually just going to throw up while watching us. So watch out <laughs> if you're on... Um, level one yeah. at the G Thursday night behind the goals in the cheer squad because oh. I'm above you and it's coming down on you. It's raining down there. If I yeah. if I see this again, I, surely it has. It's never been good, really. I reckon through nah. this iteration of of Carlton. At what stage do you get even try to think outside the box here and bring someone in to come up with a game plan for kick-ins or do try something? Surely the game plan isn't what we're currently doing. And if it is, I mean, Hamill, sort it out, mate. Yeah, uh, I would, I'd be fascinated to know. Uh, I'd love mm. to know what, like, you know, I, I, someone going into the club, like Akers yes. comes into the club and it's like, what, what's our, what, what do we do for kick-ins? And then he gets explained it. It's like, what is that explanation? <laughs> because I, I cannot fathom what it would be aside from, mm. oh, <laughs> So you know how there's two sides of the ground? Well, we're going to go to this one and yeah. we're going to kick it as far as we can. See these two really tall fellas? Uh, we hope one of them marks it. And then, yeah. oh, mate, off to the races. What if yeah, they've got it's... three more players on that side? Just try well, it anyway. Well, if they mark it, then we're good. No, no, no. But yeah. what? It... No, 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 no. They if won the they Coleman. mark it, <laughs> it's going to be fine. No, you it's... don't understand. <laughs> it's yeah it's baffling and even just like our, our our exit out of defensive 50 and that it seems like transition was something that was yeah. spoken about in the off season we worked on it a lot the whole time it was not great and i understand that richmond play that high press they want to lock it in their forward 50 it's why they had so many inside 50s it was i think 66 to 45 i believe the figures were as far as inside Crazy. 50s and so many of those would just repeat and that puts the defense under so much more pressure and yeah. sometimes I don't blame the defenders because 
when you've got the ball, you're under that much pressure. You have to play the percentage. You've just got to kick it out and hope for the best. But even when we did yeah. that, and going back to this kick-in plan, it doesn't feel like anyone is down at the fall of the ball for us. It's almost like, well, Harry has to mark this because we're not oh, around it. And that frustrates me again because if that's the plan, if this is how we're trying to set up, who's not working hard enough to crumb and be at the contest where we know the ball's going to go? And, and why are we not trying? Maybe we are and we're just not good. I don't know. But I believe the personnel in that defense is good enough to, when we have the ball under pressure, create an option, get a block, get a shepherd, go for a handball and try to move the ball. But even when we get it, there's no one streaming forward. There's no one forward leading. And it's the same as far as entries into forward 50, stagnant. You'll have a better perspective because you're at the yeah. ground. But even on the... On the, on the TV, you'd look and you'd be like, no one's moving. They're just no, hoping no. that we can, again, play this weird game style of hope we win a contested mark, which is, it's just not a sustainable brand of football in hoping that Harry, Charlie, De Koning take a pack mark. It's just silly. I, we didn't have many marks on the lead. We weren't creating anything. And I don't know whose fault that is. Is it the, the players creating options? Is it the guy with the ball? Yeah. I guess, what do you, do you have any other thoughts on kind of the way we're moving the ball currently? It's, as I said, it's, it's spurred on this sickness that I have right now. <clears throat> but I watched, I went to the, the Friday night game as well. And it's like, I hate bringing this up on the podcast, but it's like the way that mm. Collingwood can move the ball yeah. with like precision, with mm. energy, purpose. with speed, purpose. It's like, I, I, I'm, I can't even remember times on Thursday night where we did that. It's mm. like, it's always just like hope and like yeah. not playing, I don't know, like talking mm. about playing the percentages, like just low percentage after low percentage. And then we kick a goal. It's like, okay, cool. I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah. it's so hard for me to imagine how we're going to beat top four teams. Like, and I know we're now going to beat Geelong next week because we're we're all doom and gloom, and that's how this works. Ooh, yeah. We're going to look amazing, but just based on this game, I just can't imagine how you doing mm. this game style and this and yeah. especially the defensive stuff that we're talking mm. about. I just don't get how that's going to allow us to beat good teams. And and the issue around, I think, why everyone's feeling so negative on this is. Transition, moving the ball out of defensive 50, making the right decision. All of these have been issues for years. It's nothing new. And I think that's yeah. where you, you're hoping that we've sorted something out in this offseason to be better with it. And when it's not, it's frustrating. And I guess talking on the, on the game plan, something that everyone seems to keep bringing up and I think they nail it. And I'd love to get your thoughts. Like, did we go yeah. too far the wrong way? in trying to play this slow conservative game, trying to not go too fast, trying to not take risks to mm. make sure that we weren't hurt as much on the turnover. Because speaking of speaking in a positive light, we didn't concede like a run on a five goals that we have previously to other opposition. And, and maybe that was the plan around it going, well, if we structure ourselves here and play slow, we won't hopefully get as hurt when we turn the ball over. Yeah. But how, how much did that hurt the way we actually want to play and moving the ball and playing to the style that we've seen? I guess what was your kind of thoughts on the balance of our game plan? It's a it's a great point, and I'm going to devil's advocate 
devil's advocate myself from that little yeah. rant I just did and say that this is a small sample size and I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna allow us to get some runs on the board mm. with it and see. Yeah. It's just the fact that it's I'm so swept up in mm. seeing how other teams that are winning and mm. looking elite do it. And it's like, is this like everyone's like, this is where the AFL is heading. Yeah. And and we're, you know, putting our palm up for that. What what do you mm. have a stronger take now? I'm assuming <sighs> you do. Of course, of course, I've got a stronger take. Um, yeah, ditch it's, the game plan. I, I see. I can see the positive of it. Like clearly, we need an element of it where okay, if we need to take the sting out, we need to be more composed. Use the ball, short chips. We need that, like in our tool belt, yes. to bring out at certain times. We just clearly, definitely went too far the other side and we hurt ourselves like we weren't getting the inside 50s to our key forwards and they're literally the reason that we're as good as we are when we're flying because either can kick like five six goals in a game none of our other forwards smaller ones seem to be able to do it so it's clearly get the ball in fast get it into our key forwards if we're not moving the ball fast and having this frantic play through the corridor that we the quick handball change getting it down there like we're not giving ourselves the opportunity and I think my issue overall is, and it kind of stems from, from what you were saying of clearly this is where the AFL is evolving. You look at the, the teams that are starting yeah. to go well and it's this fast, frantic style and we're trying to like do something different. Mm-hmm. It's in this aspect, you, you want to, as a good team, Develop your style of play that you think can beat anyone because you're a better team and you will do this style better than anyone else. You back yourselves in. My worry is that we're changing it up to suit an opposition, which means that we don't trust the game style. We don't trust the way that we played last year and the frantic movement of things because we're going, oh, well, against this team, it's not going to do well, so we're going to have to really alter it. That's a worrying yeah. sign for me game plan wise. And also I don't think that we're a good enough kicking side and decision-making side and work rate around the park to be playing a short methodical kicking yeah. short game plan. I'm just, I don't see that for us. I, I feel like we're built on winning the contest clearly yes. and then trying to expand off that, getting that ball moving forward quickly and trying to get the runners involved outside of that. And it just didn't feel like we are playing to our strengths, which maybe if we had played that way, we wouldn't have won. But I don't know, come up with a game plan that you think can beat everyone. I, I don't know, I hate to bring it up, but like you look at the way Collingwood have structured this game plan and they've gone, suits the players we have, suits everything, let's go for it. And we're kind mm-hmm. of in this weird point. And that's what's making me negative towards like, Will we actually make top eight and go on with the way that we're currently set up? We had a year to yeah. we had we had we had an off season to develop and expand on this game plan and off one I don't know it's one game and it could all look stupid next week, but off the the game and the preseason I've seen it doesn't feel like we've evolved it enough or yeah. to anywhere that I'm enjoying it. Yeah, uh, there's nothing there that I can disagree with. I'm, I'm thinking back to all the times, times where <clears throat> it it fell apart on Thursday and you, you nailed the reasons, like mm. whether it was poor execution or whether it was players not working 
to get yeah. to the right spots. It, it just, mm. yeah, it's not coming together. <sighs> One to throw out there. Maybe this is, again, too far, too early, because this has been a strength of us. <sighs> Do you think that there's just something missing in our midfield? And maybe it's Sam Walsh. Maybe it is as simple as that. But yeah. I don't know. Is there something missing, an element in that with the crop that we have going through there, that when you play these Richmonds, you play these fast-moving teams that just doesn't have that edge? Or is there enough if we play that strong style? Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I've got to back them in for now. I mean, yeah, obviously, you, you're correct. Walsh adds, makes it a very different yeah. dynamic. Um, and I, I, kind of, I kind of talked about that in the preseason a little bit. Um, mm. in the in the rotations where there was no Doc and especially when there was no Chera as well. It was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. There's just something about that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to lose all hope by, by saying yeah. the midfield is working either. <laughs> no, and I think it's definitely still can. I'm not, I hope it's not sounding like I'm saying this is the worst midfield ever because it won us so many games no. last season. I'm just kind of, the, the, my head space and my thought process around my criticism is coming from my expectation currently of like, how do we get this current team to like top four challenging yeah. for premierships right yeah. now? And, and, and I guess a part of that is we want to play this super contested ball game, yet we don't have a dominant Ruckman. And maybe the pit and net physicality would have helped us if he was in there over what a deconing can offer. But mm. Apart from that, I just feel like there's something, and I don't know if it's just a, a really good user of the bo- of football, where there's just a bit more pace. There's just one tiny element missing in this midfield to take it to the next level. And again, maybe that is literally just Sam Walsh. And yeah. when he comes back, everything's fine, and he's the element that we're missing. But I don't know. That's a slight watch this space for me. Maybe it's maybe it's mm. Fisher taking a step and, and being able to pinch it in there for five minutes. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking at some other teams that have a bit more foot, Ooh. like some some pace to go through there, some foot speed, and it's not sure we 100% have that when it's all yeah. going wrong. But probably the last negative I have okay. is the forwards, the small forwards. <laughs> Just work through the... Uh... <laughs> We've got a lot. Uh, Lockie, I guess, give me your take on what you kind of saw from them and, and what you oh. need them. And, I, okay, I want to kind of maybe go... Negative or positive, okay. what are they needing to do for us to go in next week and just, you know, run Geelong off the park? Where's the improvement? Wow. Let's go the positive talk. That is a really, really good question. I mean, I, I, I sound like a broken record with this, and this isn't necessarily just the forwards, but obviously the way that we're going inside 50 yeah. uh, needs to be playing to our strengths. And mm. our strength should be putting Kerno and Mackay into positions where they can mark, and then our smalls getting into position to yeah. clean that up if mm. uh, um, it doesn't work out. Wow. As I look at the box score and I look at the bottom three guys that played yeah. full games in terms of disposals, it's pretty telling. I think uh, I, I'm, I know I'm going on in so many different directions here, but five minutes in, I was. Saying to the people I was sitting with, this is Zach Fisher's year. Yeah. This is his year. Yeah. What happened? What happened? 
Yeah, look, I'm happy to go through some stat lines here. You got Fisher, seven disposals, one goal, zero inside 50 tackles, zero tackles in general, 10 pressure acts, which is fine, but what's a pressure act anyway? Five kicks. So that's at least out of his disposals, he was kicking. And this is what hurts for me from Zach Fisher. Out of his seven disposals, he had three score involvements. And I felt like when I watched the replay and watched the highlight reel, some of the best passages of play we had, Zach Fisher was involved. Whether he was given a handball, whether he was being a kick in that chain, our best movements involved him. Well, I don't know what was up with him last, last night and Thursday night where he just, he couldn't get involved. Like I'm pretty sure after halftime, I don't have the stats in front of me, which I probably should have, but I don't believe he had many touches after halftime, if any. It was a real no. fade away and... You need your high half forward. You need your a guy like him to be stepping up and and being around the footy. And if he's not firing, you need everyone else to. But then you got Jack Martin, yep. six disposals. I, I, I felt to redeem him slightly, when he was around the football, his pressure was good. He had three tackles, two tackles inside 50, four score involvements. So when he was kind of near it, it seemed like he was doing okay but one mark and and six disposals was it. Like that's not enough from him, particularly when Fisher's down. Like you can't have both of those guys getting nowhere near the football and particularly Martin, who's meant to be that lead up option with the one mark. Like that's not enough. And he just wasn't anywhere. And then you got Silvani. I know he's in the ruck, which, which hurts him a bit from five disposals, two tackles, one goal, two marks. Not enough. Always 10 disposals, one goal, two tackles, one of those inside 50, five turnovers, and only the nine pressure acts. Didn't offer enough. Motlop, 10 disposals, two tackles, one tackle inside 50, no goals, five turnovers. At least he brought a bit of pressure with the 14 pressure acts, but I mean, out of these guys, that is just, it's not enough. It's not enough touches of the footy, it's not enough tackles. What we were, I don't know what it was. We weren't working hard enough, and it sort of bred into everything. There was no pressure in that forward line. We weren't locking it in. Richmond were walking it out. Daniel Rioli and others killed us with their rebound, and no one was locking that down for us. No one was creating options, pushing higher up the ground for us to move the balls. It was stagnant. Entries inside 50 didn't help. They weren't at the fall of the ball when our big men were trying to crash packs. <clears throat> Every single thing that could have gone wrong for these small forwards basically did. And it was an issue going into this season. It was like, okay, we need someone to step up. We need someone to kick goals. We need the pressure. And every yeah. single one of them had a bad game. Are you confident that this is just a bad game and they can turn it around? Do you think that there's enough personnel there to go with it? Or is, is this stemming into a different issue? Are you seeing other problems as far as those small forwards are concerned? Well, the listeners and you know that I'm not, I don't like to be a doom and gloom guy on this podcast. Yeah. But out of those five guys, there is one guy that I'm confident that that was just a blip. And that's fish for me. I, mm. I think I, I can, I can allow, like I said, I thought he started really well, terrible game, but I still believe in him. Yeah. Motlop, everyone is extremely high on, um, we're extremely high on him. I love him. I'm sure he, he is going to be great. But yes, we can't rely on him to deliver every week yet. Mm. I'm so off the Martin train. I, I know you just tried to put some positivity in there then, but 
And I'm not saying that we have great options to bring in. I'm not just saying let's yeah. drop him. But, oh, man. Yeah. Boy. It and, was and, and, and then Sauce as well. I mean, we spoke a bit about him on the off season. Like, is he mm. is he going to be best 22 by the end of the year? Wow, he didn't do anything for his case here. No. I mean, you said no. he played in the rucks. So that didn't help his disposals. But I know a number of ruckmen that can get 15, <laughs> yeah. 20 disposals in a game. So He was around the pill. Uh, it, was, it was disappointing from all. And, yeah, I think... Fisher's preseason form worries me because it's been the same as this, but yeah. at least he, he like he showed a lot last year. So it last gives you promise of okay, just one blip, they're all bad, sorted out. And maybe in a weird way, some of these plays needed this. There's almost a bit of a kick up the ass or whatever it is to then go for it. And the the, the optimist in me is thinking it's round one. So many yep. other years, you almost go too hard too early, and we're going to build ourselves into the season, and it's all going to be okay. Yeah, um, and that's probably where the, the the positive is for it. But yeah, like if if Pitnet comes back in, does that then allow Silvani to play that high half forward role? And is he better for that if he's not getting thrown into the ruck? Motlop, if he yeah. you know has another game, he's up there. Always, I just don't think he's best twenty two. Neither. I think we need. I think we need to start moving past a player like Owies quickly. And I know Durden's obviously ahead of him, but I'm even talking like further in the depth chart. And then yeah, Jack Martin. It's just like you can you can make the argument of oh, well, he's a bit underdone, all of this. But it's like when is he not underdone? <sighs> like um, that can't be an excuse anymore for Jack Martin. He needs to if he's playing, he needs to deliver. If not, mate. Yeah, I'm almost sick of having the discussion with him, but I watch him kick four goals next week and it's like Jack Martin's a Yeah, because that's just what he does and it's so frustrating. But yeah, I think work rate, they need to work harder on there. <clears throat> Pressure needs to be up. Yep. And yeah, I, I think it will be for Geelong because when so much has gone wrong for such a big group, that's going to be a big focus for next week. And I think we're going to see a massive response from those lot. And that is Absolutely. a massive growth for us. If we are going to be better, um, yeah. Uh, probably the other thing I wanted to touch on past the the negatives as far as the players. Did you make much yeah. of the press conference with Vossi? I know a lot have been reading cool. quite heavily into it. There was some. I'll just read through some some match quotes. Some match quotes. Some post match quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. He said, "There's a lot to be proud of." Um, he quite heavily was complimenting our effort and intensity said the players should walk away proud. And then later on, he even said, if that game happens last year, we lose by six goals. I guess, what is your kind of hot take yeah. on the Vossi press yeah. conference? Yeah, I'll let you get spicier because okay. I, I think w- w- you and I often have different opinions on like media talk and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't really buy... Like, I don't buy into the fact that what he's saying at a press mm. conference is what he's saying behind closed doors. Um, yeah, yeah, I actually don't know what to make of the set, like the the six goal comment though. I, I've I've sat with that one a little bit, and I don't really yeah. know how I feel about it. God, this is this is hot take, Ian, today, and I don't like it. Oh, I don't want to have to bring this out. I want to be the positive guy, and I and I hundred percent agree with you that I don't think what he's saying here is what he's saying behind closed doors, but it kind of triggers the thought of like, why not? Like, I don't understand if you word things in a certain way, people won't be annoyed if he came out and said like, look, we battled hard, wasn't on our conditions and, and we probably didn't get it a hundred percent how we wanted to. 
there were some positive signs in this, 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 and this, but we want to win. That's what we're out here to do. We didn't get that done. So we push yeah. on till next week and we want wins here. So anytime we don't get it done, that's not good enough. Let's keep, let's keep fighting. I, I still think that there's plenty and you move on to that. Like if you say things like that, that for me fires me up more. Like when I'm feeling a little bit disheartened in the performance and what I saw, like the last thing I want from a press conference is him just being like, Oh, I should be bloody proud of that. Proud of a draw. Proud of a going backwards as far as how we were playing. I don't know. For me, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm reading way too much into just what Vossi said, but I, that last bit was probably the, the issue, which was like, if that game happens last year, we lose by six goals. Well, the game happened last year and we won. So I don't know what he wants. We beat Richmond last year, round one. Hmm. we should be beating him again this yeah. year. You want to improve? You're beating the teams you beat last year. I get he's kind of talking about the way the game played out, but we probably shouldn't yeah. be putting ourselves in a position to have the game playing out that way if we want to be a top four, if we want to be a good finals team. And that's, again, where my frustration of it comes from. Like, I'm saying that felt hmm. way... It, the press conference felt so David Teague that it was giving me flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't I don't blame any of those feelings that you're having. Um, I'm just so jaded by yeah. everything kind of <laughs> mainstream media right now, yeah, which is what that are. basically is with with the journos and stuff that are involved. Mm. Like again, if it, I know you like you've kind of put your spin on what you would have liked to hear, but yeah, like there's a there's a level of negativity that he could have brought to that where I'm like like, come on, like, let's, like, we don't need to act like the season's bloody over or anything mm. here, Bossy. Like, you're, yeah, you're supposed I to be agree. the face of the, the organization, essentially, in, in mm. these settings. So put on a brave face a little bit. Yeah. So I think it, it's balanced, but all your feelings are valid. I get it. Mm. Yeah. Well, there was uh, a couple of debutants out there. We had yes. all, all, Oliver Hollands. We had Lockie Cowan. How did you rate their performances? Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to yeah. say on them. Love them. Love the boys. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, it's. I'm glad that we tempered our expectations a bit from the previous week. We knew that yes. we weren't going to be getting, uh, you know, just what we got in a preseason game where we thought maybe they were the only ones that were trying. Um, it was exciting that they both got to have a crack. We, we said that mm. hopefully we didn't have to debut two yeah. and maybe just one would have been good. Um, but all in all, I think they'll both play next week. Mm. Yeah, Cowan showed a bit. There's definitely those little glimpses you see with him. Probably turned the ball over a little bit more than I was happy with. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think overall there was enough glimpses. He definitely looked like a first gamer, but not necessarily in a super negative way. Uh, There's definitely a lot to build on from him. I thought he had the better performance than an Ollie Hollands. I was probably a little bit disappointed with Ollie. He looked, I wouldn't say like off the pace or anything like that, but it was just like, just, I don't know. I, I wonder if we would have got more out of an O'Brien starting him in that game just because the occasion, the pressure, all of those things. He wasn't bad by any imagination, but I was probably wanting a little bit more when he got the ball, probably. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really have a mm. lot to add to them. I think you're right. Hindsight's 2020, though. We weren't the hottest on, uh, yeah. on Lob a week ago either. Hundred uh, percent. But let's let's go straight to the fan votes. I feel like we've spoken a lot about this Love. game now. 
Give us your thoughts in the comments if you're on YouTube. Um, if you're listening on the streaming services at Navy Blue Corner, get on over, tweet at us, message us, anything you want. Um, but we're getting to the fan votes. We asked you who was best on ground, and this is kind of the fun part. Again, the tally, the uh, the big award at the end of the season, and you guys Love gave it. your one vote to Doherty, your two to George Hewitt, and your three to Lewis Young. Now, Lockie, what have you gone <laughs> with the votes this week? Now, mate, I'm under the weather. I'm not in the mood to fight with you. So when I tell you my one vote, I just want you to okay. just say, okay. It, it, can you can you agree to that? Begrudgingly. We, we, we can fight another week on votes. I've gone three young, two Hewitt, and one McGovern. Okay. I get your reasons why. I disagree, but that's fine. Okay. Um, I've gone Thanks. exactly what their people <laughs> thought. Um, I went nice. young, Hewitt, and Doherty. Thought Hill was really good, probably our best midfielder. Cripper was good late, but probably didn't offer enough throughout. Right. And then Doherty was just pretty consistent all around. And actually, speaking of positives, we've got to talk about one of the positives, and that was his bloody 90-meter bomb. Oh, that, uh, that one's going to be – it's going to be about 200 meters kick as far, in about three years' time. That was unbelievable. Thought we are actually going to win from that. It was like, oh, it's what happened last year. He's going to do it again. No, I love that from Doc. And yeah, there's probably a few other players. Like Chera was fine. Um, yeah. Weedering was was decent. Yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't have given it to Gov, but that's fair enough. There was What I'm happy with Gov is there were signs there with the way he was using the ball at times and his intercept. Like some of his intercepts yeah. were insane. Some of his balls were really good. It's like, that's what we're missing get him up to scratch. Like he just, he looked like a guy that hadn't had much of a preseason. Like that's, yeah. Looked like guys played one VFL game and I'm hoping that he just was a little bit rusty. And then mate, next week, whew, all Australian yeah. gov will come out. I think that's what I'm, I'm a bit swept up in that. And I think like, obviously the errors that he made that were just so glaring, like they yeah. stick out like a sore thumb. And I'm like, if you, even if you just got rid of those, <laughs> three or whatever it was disaster moments it's yeah. like wow okay there's all australian gov <laughs> Ian's cool. he's, he's in there he's, he's on in track. there oh well even though he's our lot... third best uh, call on this game but oh well oh no, boy mate, what a game in... how good well let's let's change tact a little bit because i know you've been waiting for this Lockie. let's get hyped let's get into it let's lift the spirits a little oh. bit because I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back the segment that I'm trying to launch here. And I'll tell you this right now, Lockie. <laughs> this segment lasting on this show, it's not through lack of effort on my part. I need to know, Lockie, are you ready? Oh, my God. I'm in. I'm all, I could not be more in on this segment, mate. Launch it. Well, I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't ruin what could be, but get excited for this, Lockie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the ceremony of ceremonies. Straighten your tie, adjust your monocle, <laughs> and raise a pinky for the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Mate, mate, come on. 
That may be the greatest thing that's ever been created. This segment, you, you, that's all you need. It's just an intro. That's the the segment this week is going into the Hall of Fame. Can I self-nominate? Is that allowed? How have you... <laughs> I cannot stand you burying content 55 minutes into these freaking <sighs> podcasts, mate. Look, I've tied Maybe... up as well. I, want, I did not know that that was coming, though. I thought we were just going to tie up. That is 10 out of 10 from you. Oh my god! I'm Mate, We'll have to almost edit that earlier in the show oh. if the if the rest of the segment hits. But no, I mean, we'll look, say. there's a reason this episode is Not getting sure. recorded on 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 Monday, the twentieth of March, because I've spent yep. every single hour since that game making that bloody intro. Um, yeah, that that's little the thing for the segment. But as we're yep. here, we're here for the Hall of Fame. I hope you have something to induct, Lockie. Um, did you want to go first? Did you want uh-huh. me to go first? How would no. you like the, uh, the proceedings to <sighs> continue? I feel like. Well, I'm not sure of the quality of my inductee, so I'd love you to go after that oh. incredible intro. Oh god, a lot of pressure, and we don't know if mine's any good either. We need, we need, we need the feedback from the people. But look, yeah, I am proud to induct the second member into the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame as umpire Andre Gianfania. I believe is how you pronounce this man's name. Now you're probably okay. going. What's he done? Who is, firstly, who is this no man and what has he done? But he, you may, you may not know, he did umpire in our game um, oh. on Thursday night. And look, I don't know if you caught this and I'm going to throw it up on our screen now. I, this probably might not be able to make the actual edit because <sighs> there's some issues with copyright. I don't want to absolutely cop it, but look, I want to set the scene for you. I want to set the scene here, Lockie. Mm-hmm. Jack Silvani's 100th game. He's just kicked a goal. It's a momentous occasion. Three generations, all players, all of three generations of, of family in the AFL have all played 100 games. Sausage has kicked a goal. It's up and about. And this man in steps, my man, Andre, what's his name? Gian Fania comes in and he understands what's going on. So I'll try and bring, I'll try and bring this up onto the screen. Here we go. So he's got the first bounce, which is fine. We get it. Okay. I understand it. Now, we brought in this rule because we know bouncing the ball is difficult right that's fine we just let you throw it up afterwards what has he done there mate yeah he's got his second yeah. chance he's made things so much easier this stupid rule and that's what i'm saying like i get it the bounce the bounce is hard we allow you to throw the ball up afterwards but what has andre done he's got two big ruckmen there and he's thrown it to himself i, I don't yeah. know if big andre was just trying to get himself involved in the game sometimes umpires you can you can have them, you know, overstepping the mark. Some people getting a bit of me time, but he's throwing the ball to himself. Like this is something my nan could do. This is something yeah. a four-year-old kid could do. Like we've brought in four umpires, make it five, get a designated ball thrower upper. I'm not sure how he's managed to do it. And look, the game ended in the draw. But I tell you, there was a lot oh, of pressure no. on that third attempt. If he had stuffed up the third throw up. <laughs> You may as well just ended the game there, called it quit, said, boys, let's just say this is a draw. So, yeah, look, that Andre Gianfania, because you, for some reason, can't throw the ball up in a ruck contest, uh, you've, hit the, uh, you've hit the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, you're inducted if Lockie allows it. And yeah. if so, the no, park will be in the mail. And hopefully, an instructional DVD from me on how to throw that ball up because you've got to, get, got to get the height and away from the body. You can't just throw it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very disappointed from Big Andre. Yeah, no, I think that's a very worthy inductee. Um, 
I mean, shout out to my favorite AFL umpire, Brett Cosgriff. It makes me think about, imagine if he was out there, you know that he would have done a better job. So. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. But is, yeah. is that, is Andre good enough to yeah. get him done? No, absolutely. That, I mean, that's definitely raised the bar for me. Uh, it's going to be a better, a more worthy inductee than what I'm bringing to the table. Well, for me, well, I hope, sorry, I'll just no, interject. No, 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 I'm, I'm, no. I'm on the stage here. I just yeah, want to say yeah. that. I hope someone else did catch this because I was with the family watching this one and we were in tears seeing this man not be able to throw the ball up. It, it was just it was just horrendous. All eyes were on that third one. I cannot stress enough how big we were into watching that third one. I mean, if he does it, like, does he just does he just hand his whistle in and go, that's it, boys. Sorry, I'm done. Yeah. No, Poor no, boy. you'll be happy to know there was a, there was a collective kind of, whoa, like around <laughs> that, our, our little section of the ground. Like, oh, what's, what's going on there? I don't think I've ever seen someone stuff that up. But, yes, who is your inductee this week into the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame, Lockie? Well, I, I'm having a, I have a feeling this may cause a bit of debate. You, everyone knows that we rarely disagree on things. We've disagreed Ooh. on things this week, actually. Okay. okay. But I'm inducting a concept into the, this week. Spicy. Uh, and I'm, I'm keen to hear your take, but I'm actually quite passionate about this. I propose inducting the AFL draw into the hall. It's okay. got a lot okay. of criticism since this game. It get every, you know, this it happens all the time. It's like, oh, the extra time. Like it wasn't satisfying, you know, media people, commentators and stuff calling it out. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I think like you okay. said, this it this specific game, it was the right outcome. I think it adds more to that kind of finals mm-hmm. uh extra time thing it's like that's different from in the regular season you know and when it actually happens you get excited another thing i love about a draw is like the balance that all the players try and strike as the siren goes like it's always identical like i just love to see it like it's always like you know it's just such cliche like the the hands on the head (laughs) like the whatever like someone will (sighs) drop to their knees like you never see someone just like genuinely like fine with a draw, like everyone's just the right level of sad. Um, so I think it's a beautiful thing that oh. we have in our game. And if it goes, I'm going to be uh, mm. a sad man. Well, I'm disappointed. Thought. I'm disappointed we didn't see anyone celebrate thinking that their team had won. I know that's happened Sometimes a few years yeah. ago. I wish there was someone that was like, we've done it. And everyone's like, you idiot. He yeah. would have been, whoever did that would have ended up in this hall of fame. But no, I don't mind that. Actually, I Mate, we're the same person. You should know this. I like the you draw do agree? because, okay, mate, if if you can't get it sorted in that time, that's it, mate. <laughs> that's it. Couldn't kick an extra point. It's a yeah. draw. No, it, there's no there's no second goal at this. You've had your shot. Move on. But I, I'll be honest. I thought I thought Sauce, as in Stephen Silvani, was going to end up in this Hall of Fame this week, and he, he may be the ah, most fifth yeah. person to miss out nah. because, as I said, when I was building up the occasion of that the moment from big Andre everyone in the stands after that, after that Jack Silvani first goal, you know, they were cheering. There was tears there except for one person. And that would have been Steven Silvani. Cause not only was he not in the stands, he was in his car sulking on the bloody phone to Ross Lyon, <laughs> trying to poach another Carlton player. I mean, just yeah. Interesting yeah. one from, from sauce stiff to probably not get into the hall of fame this week, but well, I think the, uh, see- He's a chance. He's a chance next week. It's a long year. It's a long year. Let's see if he makes it. This, this is where I need whole clarification and this yes, kind okay. of ever, ever growing, ever evolving <laughs> segment. Like I'm trying to bring it's very the lucid, in. very lucid. 
it really is. And I'm trying to bring the positive energy to this. If you want to, if you want to be bringing in the all-time negative things as well, I can bring them too moving yes. forward. But yeah. I did think of Sauce, and I put a big, big cross through him. I think that's what we all should be doing at this stage. But no, the Hall of Fame, is, <laughs> as I said, very lucid. If you want to bring something positive, if you want to have a crack at someone, you can. I think okay. I've been pretty harsh on, on big Andre, but seriously, mate, learn how to no, throw no. up a fucking football. It is not that difficult. <laughs> Two-year-olds can get that done. But no, that is the Hall of Fame this week. I'm glad you enjoyed the sting. Um, the tires can come oh, off mate. now. It, it's, Blew me away. We're back, we're back to the serious stuff. And the serious stuff is, Lockie, it is the fan questions what did the lovely people oh. have to ask us this week? Because we started off hot bringing the, uh, the fan question in, and that is something I'd love to do as we yeah. move towards this season. If there's an absolute banger, let's kick it off from the start. Um, but there was still definitely plenty of other banging questions. And, and what are they, Lockie? Yeah, you particularly know it's a banging question if it gets, uh, you know, first couple of minutes. So absolutely. Thank you, everyone that tweeted in to us at Navy Blue Corner. Uh, there's a lot of good things here. Some things that we didn't cover at all. Um, I mean, we spoke at this one a lot. One uh, a lot prior, mate. I'm losing my mind. We're an hour in. Uh, I tell you, I'm not in a good way right now. But I'll do anything for this goddamn podcast. Anything. Oh yeah. Oh. Keep that in mind. Amanda Mace at Blues Chick Five. Was no pido the right call? Mm. And I want you just to take that on face value with what we know. I would assume, and I could be wrong, that the only reason he didn't play was he was not 100% fit, ready to go. That is my opinion. Yes. If the if the opinion of Carlton was he was and we chose De Koning over him, I would have felt weird about that. Just knowing the physicality of Anand Curvis, while I was actually fine, like I had no issues with De Koning's game. I've been probably pretty harsh on him. I thought he was fine. Like he wasn't bad. Yeah. He probably impressed me a little bit over my expectations. Me but- too. Yeah, I, I feel like it was just a fitness aspect and hopefully he's ready to go for next week. Yeah. So to that point, you think that they'll play the two rucks then this week? I think they will. Or you hope I or think you, that you, you hope they will? Or I'd what probably would you just do? rather uh, I don't know. We don't have I don't like anything as far as these rucks in this team. Because like I don't want Silvani hey. in there, but then I feel like the two ruckman's too many, but I don't know. Whatever team has Big Brad in it, I think that's good enough for yeah. me. Okay. We love Big Brad. All right. On to the next. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, I, I've got to I've call it out because it's got six likes. From Matt at Len underscore Jet. I'd love to hear a bit of an Ian rant about this. Oh, no. Oh, at no. what point do the club lodge formal complaints or seek clarity oh, on the I way that Harry and Charlie are treated during a match? The amount of times they're held and taken out of contests with nothing paid is next level frustrating. It's not good. They missed one bad one in the goal square where you could even see as he was going up for the mark, like the arms. Not only did you see him holding the jumper on the side, he then had the arms wrapped around, which is normally like an instant whistle. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You've now got four umpires out there. Uh, They should all hopefully see it. But as I alluded to earlier, I don't think we can trust the qualities of some of these umpires out there if they can't throw the bloody ball up. But, yeah, so I probably don't expect them to be able to even see these holdings. But it's it's an interesting one. Charlie always seems to cop it. Weirdly, I think Harry gets the free kicks sometimes, and Charlie can struggle. But it definitely – maybe watch it watch this week. I'm making a prediction. Bold prediction. Hot take right now. Oh, 
This is why we do this. Charlie gets like five free kicks all for Holden. Just okay. because they talked about it this week in the umpire, whatever the, they do, the review. And they're like, mate, not good enough. And that's going to be a big point next week. If you see arms around him, mm. give him the ball. I like it. Yeah. Nothing more to add to that. Good stuff, mate. I love this segment now. Me just peppering you with questions that you're not expecting. Um, here's one from another another bloke that we haven't spoken about at all in this episode so far. From M at M4EKTM. I thought selection hurt us a bit. Mm. We love Ed. He's a great man and he yeah. tried so hard, but he mm. butchered the ball so badly on several occasions. What do you think about Ed? We we're, were feeling pretty good about him yeah. I think after the Sydney game hmm. look the old Ian came out if you were with me watching the game um, oh. I probably shouldn't repeat one sentence that came out yeah. of my mouth which was can we delist him mid game again oh boy uh, oh, I just I love Cut. Ed but yeah I just when I see his disposal again it just reminds me of like yeah that's what Ed Kerno is the disappointing part is that we're even with a few injuries, we're not so far past him at this yeah. stage. Because it's nothing against him. Like he runs his ass off, he battles hard, puts his body on the line. We just know his disposal isn't great, and that's unfortunately just what it is. I, I hope that there's someone that can take his spot. I didn't necessarily love his tagging either. I don't think he really stopped anyone he was on. Um, but yeah, if he's selected next week, hopefully as an absolute blinder. I just yeah. I don't know. It is what yeah. it is with Ed, I suppose. We know exactly what it is. Yeah. No, I think you've nailed it. Like, yeah, we, we don't have a wealth of options to bring in there. Like, yeah, yeah, bring in Paddy Dow instead and see, might, might get even less output. You never know. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Very fair. Let's just stop getting injured, please, fellas. Please. Um, let's go one more from here. I think this is kind of an interesting kind of way to think about this a bit more holistically. So our man, Michael Cerevolo at Mick Cerevolo. Was that too... You're struggling. You're struggling. Was that two top sides that played against each other tonight or was it two middle-of-the-road teams? Ugh. Well, you can get even more negative and say it was <laughs> even worse than that. But I don't know. Do you, yeah. get, do you have a bit of a vibe on, on Richmond mm. this year? Are you as bullish as some? Like... I think Richmond are around where we are, which is five to ten. Cool. Like, like it could go, we could, it could just miss out, or it's it's battling for the top eight, but not going deep. Is kind of where I see it. It was hard We're watching that then Friday night game and being like, oh shit, like is no, this no. the quality step up? Then even some of the other games, watching them and teams kind of around us that even picked up wins or maybe didn't pick up wins, there mm-hmm. were stages where I went like, oh, yeah, they're not that great either. Like Frio didn't look good. No, even St. Kilda no. won. They didn't look good. Uh, there was definitely a few other teams around that that you know, doggies didn't look great. So I don't know. It's round one. And this is the thing that even though as hard as we've gone in this episode, like it's always going to be a bit, scrappy the fitness isn't always amazing hopefully there's we can keep going but i think yeah at the moment these we're not we're not neither are top four teams for me there needs to be a lot Mm. of improvement but they're definitely competing for finals i think we'll just kind of 
there, if that makes sense. I like it, mate. I'm still holding out hope. Yes. I'm still I'm still flaggers all the way, but mm. and anything very sensible. Happen. Anything could happen because we've got Geelong coming up this Thursday. It's, it's Thursday Brilliant. again, which is a it's an interesting one. I like the little early week you stuff. I am. I'll be there making my Beautiful. 2023 season debut. So very excited to be back watching some football, being able to see the ground, understanding if Harry's out in space or not, and being able to judge things myself. But Check no, I think. Turf. Oh, hopefully someone needs to be out there doing that. But it'll be an interesting battle. I'm I'm very keen to dive into this with hopefully a bit of a match build up at some stage this week. We're ironing out when it is, how it's going to happen. So keep your eyes peeled on our socials at Navy Blue Corner. We'll be posting it everywhere. We're hoping, we're hoping, I'm just going to put you behind the curtain here, to go live on YouTube for it, do something a little bit different. And then if you're not available there, again, it'll be on the YouTube It'll be chucked up on a streaming platform for you to listen to it. Um, so that's yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode. I feel like I'm feel like I'm flat and I'm needing a bit of hype. So come towards mm. that uh, that match build up episode because that's where we can just put this one to bed and start looking yep. at the future and getting hyped up again. And then we'll be back here next week with a win over Geelong because that's just what we do. We show garbage and then we come out and we're the greatest team ever it makes sense but look that is wrapping this episode up go blues see you guys next time